On this, the second Halloween episode of The Flophouse, we discuss The Happening, a film that somehow doesn't even manage to live up to its name. <laughs> first like yes. the okay so should we let you stop stop cracking up from all my jokes <laughs> <sighs> oh boy hey everyone welcome to the flop house uh, i'm dan mccoy i'm Stuart wellington i'm elliot kalen hey uh we watched a movie tonight that we did a movie that i've been waiting for ever since your whole life uh i saw the reviews this summer Sure. Which I've been looking forward to. For me, it was when I saw the movie posters. Yeah. And For I me, it was when know. I heard the title. Once a, yeah. once a year, maybe twice a year, but, but uh, no more than three times a year comes along a movie. <laughs> you know, I'm like, we should got to go see this in the theaters. We need to do a Flophouse in the theaters episode, and then we don't get our that act didn't together. Happen, we yeah. don't do it. No. But uh, now it's out on DVD. Laziness. Flophouse in the Isles didn't happen. Yeah. That movie is called The Happening. M. Night Shyamalan's M. Night Shyamalan brings you his vaguest title yet. (laughs) So I assume that this movie was about um, 1960s performance art, right? Correct? Yeah, I also actually had that assumption. Yeah. Was it? I think it was about something less interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to imagine. It's like M. Night Shyamalan set out to challenge his audience to pay attention to his movie or be interested in any way. Well, and he challenged it too. Like, if you recall, the ad campaigns were all like M Night Shyamalan's first R-rated film, and like, like we were all like chomping at the pit, like <laughs> the fucking. Oh my god, what is this master of modern suspense going to do? With here's where I'm going to take. Well, we'll talk about that later with the o- drastic overrating of M Night Shyamalan's yeah. work. But yeah, anyway, Im- imagine the palette he has access to now. <laughs> Painting in such swaths of his, gore and his, nudity. Listen, his rose period is over. <laughs> Time for the blue period. Oh, my God. But I would say that this movie was a solid PG-13, maybe a PG. Even. Maybe even a G. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're... you understand how they rate movies. You suggested Prom Night was a G as well. It was well. either a G or a triple X. <laughs> <laughs> we, we Triple X to, is not a actual rating. <laughs> Quadruple X, MPAA. No, I think both of those You're are just adding X's. I think <laughs> both of those guys are wrestlers, actually. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. Well, one of them I know is an extreme spy. So <laughs> nice. Uh, <sighs> is one of the ice, ice Ice Cube? Ice <laughs> Cube. <laughs> <laughs> Could I have one of those iced cubes in my beverage, please? When you're actually trying to ask for a compact disc, possibly a lethal injection or the Predator. <laughs> anyway, we watched the movie The Happening, starring Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And Zoe Deschanel. And uh, John Leguizamo. Yeah, starring in its complete sense. Yeah. Like a real star. It's rare. It's rare. There's almost no scenes that Mark Wahlberg is not in. And or stealing, or st- yeah. or or, st- oh, or whispering that, in a strangely feminine way that are shoved into his hands by the other actors who don't want to be in them. 
Yeah, well, that's a lot of eyebrow acting. That's one thing about this movie is I, uh, I love, I, 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 I love Zoe Deschanel. I think she can make most boring roles interesting, and she's adorable. Sure. And, uh, this film, God damn, she's given nothing to work with. Like, I think her character note is whiny. Like whiny we're, we're, and vaguely emotionally unstable. Yeah, we're introduced to her early in the film when when people are dying and we think that this is a terrorist attack. She's like. Mm-hmm. God, just when you think people can't get more evil, and like that sort of <laughs> aren't strikes... people crappy? I think she says at one point yeah. something like that. Yeah, you know, uh, I made a comment before before the movie guys about uh, Zoe Deschanel, and you know what? I kind of want to take it back. Like I don't, I don't want to do that. And anymore. and you might want to say what that comment was because oh, it was please. very specific. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> A carnal, a carnal knowledge, kind of. So you you wished that she had starred in Carnal Knowledge, <laughs> yes, with Jack Nicholson. And I take it back. Yeah, and and uh, Art Garfunkel, Art Garfunkel, that? and Margaret too, right? Yeah, she wasn't very good, and her. Stewart said uh, that he would like to finger bang <laughs> Zoe Deschanel, but didn't I... want it to go further than that. She no, was too innocent. Apparently, he's a gentleman. Well, no, <laughs> as far as he wanted. I, to I take just it. don't know if I feel like having that kind of a commitment with her, like. <laughs> So it's more like you sidle up next to her at the bus, or on the bus stop, you know, sure. do your business, and yep. then, oh, my bus is here, gotta go. Yep. Oh, I'm waiting for the M35. That's okay. See you later. This yep. is like a really weird sort of combination of uh, sexual aggression right and like, <laughs> like gentlemanliness. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I'll, I'll wear a rubber glove if she wants. That's cool. <laughs> I'll clip my fingernails. Yeah, because really that'll short. feel even. That'll feel great. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll that won't a, remind her of going to the doctor. <laughs> I'll use a lot of uh, horse vaginal lubricant. All right, this is <laughs> wow. Let's talk about the movie, huh? Yikes. The happening. <laughs> I didn't expect the finger banging stuff to come up until the second half of the episode sure. when we're, war- yeah, we're was, searching for things to talk yeah, about. Run out of ideas already. So the movie begins with thrilling scenes of people stopping. In place and then walking backwards. And then killing themselves. Yeah. And in very silly way, like... Non-bloody ways. Very non-bloody, but also just the way it's paced, the way it's... The movie feels like a parody of, like, a disaster horror movie. Like, like if M. Night Shyamalan had released it as, like, M. Night Shyamalan's first wacky comedy, (laughs) The Happening! Thump these, and then, like, you know, people falling off of a building in rapid fire, or, like, a car suddenly... Crashing into a tree for no reason, yeah. like people, people start killing themselves in in the very idea, overwrought ways. Well, I mean, the idea is like they kill themselves in the first way that that is at hand, but in practice, that just means that they kill themselves in in goofy ways. Like the very first killing is like a woman's like, "Well, I got to kill myself now. What do I have on? Uh, I have this chopstick that's been keeping my bun up." My hair in place. My hair I'll bun. ram that through my neck. And then there's a guy at a construction site, and construction workers are just dropping off the top of the building, but not in like a, not in like a scary like oh my god way. More in like a here comes some more thump 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 thump. Mm. And everyone's reactions are partly in- cloudy with a chance of construction workers. <laughs> everyone's immediate reaction is not like what? It's more like dear God, <laughs> what is? Santa Maria! Like, I don't want to get too dark or mention things that, you know, shouldn't be mentioned on the Flophouse. But the thing that kept striking me was that, like, obvi- it's he's trying to get across the kind of feeling that people had on September 11th where it was like, 
you know, something is happening and you don't know what it is and you're scared and you know that something terrible has happened, but you don't know what's going on. And the first thing, the first, I think everybody's first. Kind of like Cloverfield. Yeah, like Cloverfield. We were talking about War of the Worlds, how much more successful Spielberg's War of the Worlds was at this. But like everyone's reaction that day was like, what? Blair Witch Project. Oh, <laughs> now I'm scared, like kind of. But like the, no one has that what? moment. <laughs> or RoboCop 2. <laughs> Or losing it, <laughs> but uh, the but nobody has that immediate reaction of like what before the terror sinks in. Like everyone is all everyone's super frightened right off the bat in a way that is totally unrealistic and very unconvincing. Yeah, well, and then smash cut to Mark Wahlberg <laughs> as a science teacher in high school. He's a high school science teacher, which you know that's the logical protagonist <laughs> in this scenario. I mean, I understand, you know, like he wants them to be like an everyman, but there's really, I really don't feel like there's a, like a really strong reason why M. Night Shyamalan has made him a science. Well, he uh, talks about science a lot. Well, he also. But he's, he's a, like the worst science teacher. He's a science teacher who's introduced telling his class, bees are disappearing in great numbers, because we all remember that was in the news sure. for a while. Why is this happening? And the correct answer that the kid gives him is, it's an act of nature and we'll never know. And he goes, Yes, you're right. Correct. 100%. Go home early. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg says... <laughs> Here's a sticker says, that says champion. He says, he's like, yeah, science will come up with an explanation, but it's just going to be a theory. And, and and I'm like, why did this guy go into science? What yeah. does he need to teach science? Like, he's Man, clearly- he's working off of Sarah Palin's curriculum. <laughs> Go! Topical. No, no, so well, it I, seems I, like know, he's I, like a he's like a, a missionary who like just stumbled backwards like, into a it's science. Like, it's teaching. like it's like a a very religious organization decided to put Manchurian candidates into <laughs> science teacher positions, where it's like just teach the kids that science can't be trusted and doesn't exist, and it, that that way we'll get our message across. You know, like well, also sure. they they use this B thing, but then they just they just like <laughs> drop it immediately. Well, they <laughs> drop it immediately, but also like Mar- Mark Wahlberg was like, yeah, bees are disappearing. And uh, the corpses, we can't even find the corpses. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> they, the bees died off, but I'm pretty sure that the bees were still there. They didn't just vaporize when they when they died. Aliens took them away. Mm-hmm. The, the thing Illuminati. is, like, uh, if it wasn't for this happening, I think Mark, <laughs> I think that Mark Wahlberg's character would uh, be stiff competition for Drew Barrymore's character in Donnie Darko for teacher of <laughs> most believable teacher, for terrible in, uh, teacher, yeah, in movies ever. The Destructors on, is a story about is the most beautiful phrase in the English language. Oh, God. I think we can all agree on that. But the uh, <sighs> jokes, and also John Leguizamo is his friend and fellow teacher. Uh, who out of nowhere decides to tell? Uh, they get a message from Alan Rickman in a small role as the school principal, and he should have been the hero of the movie. Alan, Alan Rudd. Oh, Alan Rudd. I'm sorry. I always get their names. I think it would up. be great if Alan Rickman was. The That'd have been there's awesome. a problem. Everyone should leave the school. It seems there's some sort of happening. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's Alan. It's Alan Rudd. I'm Alan sorry. Rudd, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's sure. Day Off. Yeah, uh, but he's he tells them briefly. Uh, you, there's a something's happening in New York. It looks like a terrorist attack. So everybody leave the school and go home. And John Leguizamo, in the midst of this, everybody's worried. Leaving the school, decides to tell Mark Wahlberg, you know, on your wedding day, I saw your bride and she was crying and it looked like she didn't want to marry you. Well, see you later. Gotta go. You shouldn't yeah. bring her along when we evacuate. You shouldn't bring her along when we leave. So the it's, whole beginning of the film is there's 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 merit. Everything is awkward. fraught. There's marital tension between Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. and every sentence 
feels weighted down with like heavy meaning. And then later on, I don't want to get too ahead, but later on we discover that yeah, Zoe we haven't Deschanel, even talked about the town of Princeton yet. Oh well, we'll get there. But <laughs> Zoe Deschanel is really worried about the fact that she had dessert with a coworker, and apparently that has been the reason why everyone's talking like they're in a pinter play for the first <laughs> half of the movie. Yeah, it's kind of like a pinter play written by a child. <laughs> the whole movie feels like it was it feels like a movie that a kid made in his backyard over the weekend after he saw the birds. <laughs> like this is what movies are like. I'll just make it and I'll have my friends act yeah. out the parts. And the child is like, "What's the worst thing that could happen between a married couple? One of them has dessert <laughs> with a coworker." That's <laughs> what mom said dad did that broke up their marriage, so. Yeah. But much like Prom Night, this movie catapults us right into the action. Immediately after this uh, attack happens, they're like, okay, um, people are dying in New York. Clearly, since we're in Philadelphia, that will be the next target of whatever's <laughs> happening. So we got to get out of the city. So, um, Well, and I Mark really Wahlberg, appreciate that. I mean, like, I'm glad it isn't a fucking snooze fest where you're like, <laughs> character, 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 blarty blar. <laughs> yeah, because it, it really helped later on when the characters were dying and I didn't have to worry about them. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have to feel any connection to them when, when they're watching a zookeeper get eaten on an iPhone. Like, <laughs> I don't so give a shit. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to that part yet. When they're in, in the Filbert restaurant. <laughs> But uh, sure. the uh, everyone in the movie talks, and I they okay. But also, like everyone's really going by the numbers. Like something's happening. We better get out of town fast. Okay, why? Like I don't understand why you feel the need to leave immediately. But like the government's reaction in the movie seems to be to tell everybody to leave urban centers and go to small towns, which. I don't think has ever been a government plan in case of an emergency. Like maybe. Well, again, I don't know if you remember after nine eleven, they're like, everyone, I forgot, please. I forgot leave when, New York. when Mayor Bloomberg went on TV and started. I guess it was Giuliani at the time when Mayor Giuliani went on the TV and said, "Everybody, leave the city. Go to the town of Princeton," <laughs> because they immediately get on a train and John Leguizamo's wife didn't get there in time, so they get on this train and there's a big to do about the marital problems when they're handing out tickets. But then John Leguizamo's Getting a te- it's a phone call from his wife, and he goes, "I can't hear you. Text me, text me. I can't hear you. I can't. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Text me." This goes on for about forty minutes, and then they, he gets a text, and he go, and John Leguizamo says, "And this is brilliant writing right here." He goes, "Oh no, she's good. She's taking a bus to the town of Princeton. <laughs> These people live in Philadelphia. Princeton is not a foreign concept the to town them. Of Pri- the town of Princeton. Well, no, I don't. I I've never even been to Princeton, and I I feel comfortable just referring to it as Princeton. I mean, it's I don't have to specify to people that I'm going to the town of Princeton. Like, or is she going to one of the university buildings? <laughs> but that's the thing. Even if we didn't know that it's a well-known town because of the university, from the context of the of the sentence, we should know it's a place that she's going <laughs> like to. She's not like she she got into Princeton. She'll be going there <laughs> next semester. Oh. Mark Wahlberg, she's a she's matriculating at Princeton currently, so we better go there. She's going to the lair of Lord Princeton. <laughs> he should be able to lock them up. In the, but uh, it's, there's a similar line later on where Zoe Deschanel is taking they and the characters walk into a house, and Zoe Deschanel goes, "There must be a bathroom in this place. I'll go there." And it's like, "There must be a bathroom in this place." Yeah, it's a house. Like the audience can assume that there are basic human needs, yeah, all, but eating all, and shitting. And all both, she has, there's a kitchen and there's a bathroom. It's not like if the line had been, "I'll just go to the bathroom," that the audience would have been like, "How does she know there's a bathroom in this building?" <laughs> You're stretching my ability to believe this movie. M Knight, sit down with me for a second. There's only so much I'm gonna buy. <laughs> Plants, sure. We bathrooms. here on Main Street, USA, just you know, Joe Sixpack. <laughs> 
doesn't understand. Hockey mom, you know, and so forth. Yeah, uh, we're wearing our political allegiance on our sleeve here, guys. Yeah, red fuck? state all the way. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so they leave. Uh, they go to it. The train is stops in a station called Filbert because the conductors have lost where Filberts are grown. Where Filberts are grown, yeah, where they make paintbrushes and uh, they <laughs> where the <laughs> where the strip Dilbert is written <laughs> after there was a typo. <laughs> but there's it like the conductors stop the train and get out, and everyone's like, "Where are?" And Mark Wolf was like, "We don't even know where we are." You're at a train station, and it says Filbert right there, exactly. and this well, is on the route of the train. <laughs> there's a train track, like it, as you, you said, Dan. You said it's the joke from Darjeeling Limited, where it's like, "How can we get lost? We're on a train," but exactly. they're playing it seriously, like the train got lost. Well, what you don't understand is all of the uh, conductors on that train. It's their first day. <laughs> well, the thing because the conductors are like, "We've lost contact with everybody. We, there's no one we can't contact from the train." Like, so a standard operating procedure to just stop at whatever station you happen to be at, and then get <laughs> out of the train and Ab- leave it. Ab- Abandoned train, run <laughs> off into the woods. The radio's not working. Better junk this train. <laughs> Tear off this, all the scrap. This for train sale. is no longer of any use to us. <laughs> Burn it down. I want to see slag on this track. So, so yeah. So they go to a diner. This is very much like the the diner scene in uh, in the birds, except it's shitty. And they watch uh, instead of seeing birds attack a man and a gas station blow up, which is exciting. They watch on an iPod as a zookeeper allows his arms to be ripped off by lions in a really ridiculously fake and scene. And you know they're watching it on the iPod because the the uh, the shot, which is clearly just shot on film, like it's just like, hey, we want to show you this. They just have this crappy framing of, in. Of, like, of like, <laughs> like wow, that's really clear. Holding onto a fucking iPhone. Yeah, and it look the whole thing looks fake, and everything in the movie looks fake. It's really poorly done. Then they watch the news, and the news says, "Oh, there are a lot of attacks happening in the Northeast." And the guy, and the uh, guy who looks like an overweight Barton Fink, who is running the diner, says. This town's right here in the northeast. So everyone immediately runs out of the diner and drives off in different directions. It's like yeah, they're like feet don't fail me now. <laughs> the exit like, stage left <laughs> and hold, holding their caps onto their head. <laughs> There's just people shaped holles in the walls. There's and clouds of smoke behind them. <laughs> it's like really everything is cartoonish. And uh, and they, Mark Wahlberg's like, hey, what are you doing? You're leaving me behind. I got a kid with me. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> they hitch a ride with some people who own a plant nursery. Well, okay, but 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 meanwhile they split up. John Leguizamo's like, I gotta go. He I goes, gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go find my, my wife. wife. Take my daughter. You need her for plot purposes. <laughs> I'll go she on might, my own. She might bring you closer together as a couple. You know what? I'm going to find my wife. I won't bring my daughter along with me, so I'll know where my family is. Yeah. So John all this madness, it's best to spread out as much as possible. Here's and here's an example of how unimaginative the movie is. Is that John Leguizamo and this group they they're driving to Princeton and the this thing that is causing people to kill themselves, this gas or whatever. Has yeah, already they believe hit, it's like some sort of gas in the air at this point they, in the film. Yeah, they it's already hit Princeton and they're all these landscapers who have hung themselves from trees and. At this point, like the, the the deaths are so silly in that way that like I half expected a scene at a kid's birthday party where a, a clown makes a new set of balloon animals and then hangs himself. <laughs> but the uh, like they're driving past the landscaping truck and the name on it is Bill's Landscape. He didn't even go to the trouble of creating like a name you might find for a landscaping company in this movie. It was it's just laziness. But then there's M Night Shama lazy. <laughs> there's this tense scene where. Uh... 
John Leguizamo tells everyone to roll the windows up, and then he distracts the girl with a math riddle, as a, he a puts woman, it. A woman in the car who's panicked by all She's these. panicked. He's a math he's a math teacher at the high school, so he's just like, I, hey, here, I've got a math riddle for you. <laughs> not a math problem, not a brain teaser, a math riddle. I think they came from the, from the high school in Saved. <laughs> Just like they're all just more into God than they are into the subjects that they teach. But then there's a terrifying uh, slow push in on a rip <laughs> in the uh, soft in the cl- top of the car. <laughs> and they realize, oh my God, whatever's out there is getting into the and car. The next shot is the car stopping on the road, then immediately accelerating and hitting a tree and a guy flying out of the windshield of the car in one shot. Which was actually pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was like silly. It was like. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's one of the most hilarious deaths ever put on film. It was. And then John Leguizamo gets out and slits his wrist with a piece of glass in the middle of the street. And even that was kind of funny. Acting! <laughs> like, the deaths are just done in such a goofy way that they... There's a guy later who lies down in front of a lawnmower. You know, I would like to see a John Leguizamo one-man show of all the characters in The Happening. That would be a good show, see? On HBO. An mm-hmm. HBO special of that. But apparently but they all came from Spanish Harlem somehow <laughs> yeah. in this version. But uh, meanwhile... Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Zdechanel are having their own adventures. Yeah. Oh, it's a real it's a real Altman film of parallel plots and, and different, it, different, different there, adventures. There's that really good scene where people are trying to outrun the wind, and then the <laughs> wind uh, gets them and they freeze. Yeah, well, okay, he, he hitches a ride with uh, a plant-loving guy who owns a greenhouse who immediately springs to the conclusion, hey, maybe the plants are doing this, which is... Spoiler alert! What's happening? Yeah. However, the happening and and what the, the 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 big twist to me was that it wasn't fucking M Night Shyamalan who told us that. Like he normally loves to do that in his movies. Yeah, he's look, usually the guy who hey, knows the truth. Hey, it's me, the crackpot who actually knows everything in the world. And I'm also the director and the screenwriter. Wink. I'm great. He kind of tries to cover it up by having the character who says it be the zany guy. Who you believe thinks that plants are responsible for everything? He does also say that plants kill JFK. You know, (laughs) he does also say that plant that bushes can talk to trees and that plants evolve at a rapid rate. Right, and And he has a strange obsession with hot dogs. Yeah, and his one of his first lines is, "I love who who doesn't like hot dogs? He's like, like, you like hot dogs, don't you? They taste great. They're they're a very convenient shape. You like hot dogs, right? And then there's a cut to Zoe Deschanel, and she's just like awkwardly like shaking her head. No, he's like, all right. And then later you see him eating a hot dog, and it's like, ah, he loves hot dogs. (laughs) He took hot dogs on the survival adventure. He's the hot dog guy. This is great. It's so good to laugh in such a tough time. But I see M Night Shyamalan. Literally, he's got it. He's like. I have all these small characters in this movie who end up dying. I better come up with characteristics for each of them so they're believable. I'm going to make this guy a hot dog lover. Yeah, he's like, an aficionado. That must have come after, like, mmm, cat person? No, that doesn't work so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, extreme Wait, skateboarder? Like a half man, half no. cat person? No, just like, like a, someone who likes like cats. A, oh, okay. Like a Jax <laughs> champion? He plays Jax? See, that would be more yeah. interesting if he was like, an actual cat person. <laughs> it's like, I think the plants are doing this. <laughs> And then he kills someone, and they shoot him, and then, run, we got a cat person to deal with. Sleepwalkers. <laughs> yeah, if it was like Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. Yeah. <sighs> at least, that, the, at least uh, then it would have Mage and Hammock in it. Yeah, so. that was a very strange movie. By the way, um, cat here's, a, here's a side note. Cat. If you're looking for a bad movie to watch in Halloween to laugh at, Sleepwalkers is an A-plus <laughs> bad film. <laughs> But meanwhile, meanwhile in the happening. M. Night Shyamalan has someone state the premise of his film, making a huge logical leap. 
Mark Wahlberg basically accepts it, I guess. Yeah. Because then later on in the movie, he knows what's going on. Well, he is a scientist. So yeah. he his, well, he's a science teacher. Science teachers teach science, which tells us that if someone tells you something, it's true. And so, right. and you draw inferences from what you already know and apply that to uh, things going on around you, even if they yeah. aren't supported by factual evidence. I think that's called the scientific method. Yeah, it's called the scientific method 2.0. So, so they. Um, anyway, but, we, should, we don't have to go over every adventure well, they have along the way. But, but the thing know. is, like, there's not a lot of like depth to the plot so i think we <laughs> it's can just, oh, that's just, it is it is a movie is that a series that of, goes from point a to point b to point c through point z there's the uh, there's and then the leaves you there they, uh, like there's like the two of them and the little girl and then these two like kids and they're like banging on this this house trying to get in <laughs> yeah. okay, this is wait. after after they've split they've realized that what it is is when there's too many people in a group plants can sense that and kill them yeah so they got to split up into smaller groups that's how evolution works any defense mechanism a plant has is something that is intentional it's it's entirely intentional it's they targeted it. they're oh, like oh there, also, there's more than five people walking together and I'm also release this neurotoxin. they made a deal with the wind so that the wind will blow whenever yep. they got to release this yeah toxin. there's a scene as as Stuart, as Stuart pointed out they, with uh, aeolus the wind god they decided to make a deal well, we talked about it. It's it's like the scene in um, uh, Day After Tomorrow where Jake Gyllenhaal is outrunning the cold. There's a scene where he's running down a hall and things are freezing behind him. Mm-hmm. Or like you said in The Mummy Returns where they're outrunning the sun. Yeah. In this scene, in this movie, there's a scene where they try and outrun the wind. And Mark Wahlberg says, we just got to stay ahead of the wind. Yeah. Which is impossible. <laughs> well, it's science. Unless you're, um, what's his name, Bolt, the uh, Olympic record-holding sprinter. Usain Bolt. Yeah. You're not going to be able to outrun the wind. You know, maybe right. he can. He's got golden shoes. But yeah, they, they, go, to a, they go to a house and they bang on the, <laughs> the doors. And you were talking about this, Stuart. Yeah, the, the people aren't very excited about letting in uh, the toxins <laughs> they're, or terrorists they're or some shit. They're un- unenthralled by the idea. <laughs> yeah, they're not very enthusiastic about the idea of opening up their doors. And like these kids who are like young teens... Of course, they don't take no for an answer. They keep banging on stuff. They keep pushing. As, as kids will. They keep sure. pushing. And finally, the, I'm guessing, hillbillies? I don't know. They're <laughs> some in, sort of, they're in some central sort Pennsylvania. Backcountry Pennsylvania hick. I assume that it's just uh, sentient um, Shotgun? Shotgun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a sentient shotgun. <laughs> yeah, uh, the door opens, which doesn't seem like a wise move because then toxins could get in. But the door opens and a shotgun comes out and blasts one of the kids. And while the other kid's like, what the heck? Another shotgun pokes through the window and blows his head off. What I also love is they re- they the everyone's acting about the people on the other side of the wall as if they're they don't know what people are. So like they come up to this house and they're peeking through the cracks in the shutters and they see a, something walk along next to them. They're like, "There's there's something in there." Then there's another one. Like you know, but they're people inside a house who are Absolutely. talking to them and saying, "We're not going to let you in." Like there's you know, yeah, there's they're there's not really good slow there's motion. Not- uh, there's good slow <laughs> yeah. motion when the kids got shot because Mark Wahlberg had to get really upset. It was this. It was it was about one inch away from being the <laughs> that I wanted it to be. Yeah, and so undeterred by their experience at this house, <laughs> they decide to go, they to, go another to another house. house, which has a crazy old lady in it. But um, crazy old lady, you say? I oh, find that hard. But to believe. Here's, here's a swing. That, that first house. Uh, the, the swing is at the is at the house oh, with the, the shotguns. First house? There's a swing at the uh, from a hanging from a tree. And the little girl's on the swing, and Zoe Deschanel is pushing it. And Mark Wahlberg says, "Do you think that's not a good idea, yeah, or something like, like that?" 
maybe that's not a good idea. But then they like the camera... someone told Mark Wahlberg that questions always <laughs> had like a raising inflection at the end. But the camera pans up. It's a tree holding that swing up. Bump bump. And not then like, like a giant or nothing. It's not a monster. It's not a robot. Not a crane. It's a tree. Not like a brontosaurus tail. No, just like every swing in the world, it's a tree. <laughs> and then they show like an overhead shot of her swinging on the swing, and the branch is shaking. And at any moment, you're like, uh oh, that branch is gonna fall off. And then it doesn't. And it's over. And it no- never matters. You know. Yeah. It has it has none of the thrills or horror of the scene in Wizard of Oz where the trees start throwing apples at the Scarecrow and Dorothy. Like that scene is scarier than the entire movie that's happening. But anyway, they go on to another house, which is um, owned by a crazy old lady. Sure. Who uh, this is after they briefly stop at, at, at a re- realtor's model house. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. where the bathroom question comes up. But anyway, she's drinking her lemon drink, and uh, no one talks like a human being in this movie. No. No, they don't. Well, this, but this woman talks even less like a human being. This woman talks like a rejected Tennessee Williams character. <laughs> she does. She's talking over dinner with these characters. She's very mean and hostile and invites them to dinner. And she's creepy. And she says to them over dinner, uh, like one of you chastens the other to uh, Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg. And she goes, "That's the way we's made." Speaking of like humans he's yeah. made to chases each other well what you don't realize is she learned how to speak english reading little abner comics so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway but she does provide some important expository dialogue which is that if you're out in the uh, shed uh you can talk and because of some sort of some sort of underground passage from the underground railroad yeah you can be heard in the she main gives house. them a short lecture on the history of the house and Gives them that important piece of information. I would say it stops the movie cold, but the movie <laughs> stops cold every five minutes. <laughs> it's it's the the movie is very for a thriller. It's very leisurely paced, and uh, not a lot is happening uh, a lot uh, of the time. Uh, happening. Uh, <laughs> the the best part is when they're about to go to bed, and they're like, "Man, this lady's totally crazy." Uh, that's paraphrase, obviously, and um, not not that paraphrase. It's and, pretty close. Uh, and like they hear a noise, so Mark Wahlberg goes to the door. And he sees the old lady in her nightgown down there, and she's like, "Like you're talking about stealing stuff. You're going to kill me. And at that point, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Kill you? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg doesn't say, like, no, of course not. What are you, crazy? He says, no, no, we then, weren't. No, we weren't talking and about then, and then, like, suspicious way. And like, <laughs> like, like, I was kind of thinking of killing you. And, and like the next shot is him like waking up. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? It's like, like, you're trying to kill me, aren't you? No, 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 don't you? Well, time to go to bed. <laughs> oh, this is going to feel great. Good night, crazy old lady. Oh, it's oh, going to feel so again. good just to lie down, just to get some Z's. Well, yeah. then I love it. She, he, he gets up in the next morning. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel, the kid are gone. You know, he's slowly, ever so slowly walking through the house. It Creeping feels like it takes the 15 minutes. He, he opens her bedroom and he keeps saying her name. He's like, Mrs. Jones. And he's like creeping towards the bed, which clearly has a large oversized doll in it. It's not Mrs. Jones, but he seems to believe it's Mrs. Jones and, right and, up until he's and like up a, like right a creepy on rotten Well, he's very doll. nearsighted. I think, yeah. yeah, and it's a creepy doll. I think maybe one of the things about the character that was in a cut scene is that. He's nearsighted, 
So like he has trouble with recognizing right. what things are. From there far was an away. earlier scene where he's like talking to a mannequin, thinking it's Zoe <laughs> Deschanel. It's, it's like a, a Mr. Magoo character. He thinks he thinks that a that a uh, hot water heater is you know I don't know a, a, a pops robot. a popsicle <laughs> and, he, and he licks it and burns his tongue. <laughs> this is why I never wrote Mr. Magoo cartoons. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Yeah, okay. Mr. Magoo sees a sewer entrance and he picks up the manhole cover and he thinks it's a pizza. And he eats it, and he hurts his teeth. The end. <laughs> the end. That's a really short Mr. McGee cartoon. <laughs> Listen, I'm just doing this because I want to work with Jim Backus. That's the only reason I'm interested. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to do my answering machine message. Anyway, well, she's quickly dispatched <laughs> with the crazy old lady rams her head into a mirror because the neurotoxin gets into her brain. Oh, this is after she yells the, at him to get out of her house. Yeah, I guess the plants are angered that she's not being more hospitable than Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. The plants seem to be very, like, they don't... They're they, capricious. They kind of have a do-no-harm rule with Mark Wahlberg. Actually, you know what? It's it's that the toxin is get, seems to be getting stronger and stronger in strength and even killing single people. Yeah. So we see her... Like walk, the single guy. But we see David Silverman. <laughs> Jonathan Silverman. Jonathan Silverman, sorry. We know we've both gotten names wrong at some point during this. The, <laughs> nope, we see, that I haven't. We, yeah, yeah, another perfect Wellington. Uh, can, we see her walk by a window. Then the camera follows along the inside of the wall for, what, an hour? I don't know. While she's <laughs> yeah. in close, theory close. walking on the other side of the wall. Seconds. And it's literally like... M. Night Shyamalan was like, you know what? The set dressers did such a good job on this set. I'm just going to show it for a long time. This is going to be great. And then you hear thump, thump, thump. And you, you the assumption is <laughs> she's like hitting her head against the wall or something. That's goofy. And then she walks up to the window and smashes her head through the window. And you're like, oh, that's what oh, they actually had her doing. That's stupid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and, she she's, dies. and then she dies smashing her head through a window. That part is kind of creepy, though. When her head just smashes through well, that comparably. window. Comparably. I mean, what's yeah? What's going to be on her tombstone? Think about that. <laughs> Pepperonis <laughs> and extra cheese. Oh, Remember those know. ads, everybody? <laughs> New York City. Yeah, yeah. isn't that what, like... <laughs> it's a different what, what they're always... <laughs> I thought, always, I thought like, we were just doing ad taglines. No. Weren't there always like ban- banditos or something? It was involved? a guy who was going to be shot by a firing squad. Oh, okay. goes, what would you like on your tombstone? And then he goes, pepperoni and sausage. Tombstone pizza, Pierre! And it's like, <laughs> we were going to shoot you for your crimes against the state, but you know what? We'll just get you a pizza instead. Here you go. And then, uh, oh, there's, oh, they say or like, was the joke because they're gonna bury him in an unmarked grave or something? <laughs> I, th- well, cause they, I think that they, don't they, then aren't they, say, they like later standing around, like, like all the firing squad, well, he jollily says, having pizza. Because it starts, him. he says, blindfold? No. Cigarette? No. What do you want in your tombstone? And then he goes that, yeah, and then they're all sitting around eating, eating pizza, and the, and the leader of the, of the firing squad goes, napkin? And the guy goes, no, and the firing squad leader has a look on his face like, "Oh, you got me again." <laughs> it's a nonsensical commercial when you really think about it. He had a mustache, it. didn't he? Yes, one of the characters. They both mustache. did, I think. But right. really, I think when you name though, your pizza company after a grave marker, you're asking for that kind of trouble, you know? <laughs> but they, they look to... like characters from the Croc <laughs> cartoon, the croc. right? The comic strip Croc, <laughs> yeah. the French Foreign Legion <laughs> comic strip, yeah, the, one that the most relevant thing <laughs> to most newspaper readers. So like, oh, oh yes, the zany adventures of the French Foreign Legion. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that <laughs> something croc. that e- that it's even a, as a comedy it, device. Hasn't been in style since, say, Abbott and Costello. It's at least as relevant as, like, Mark Trail is fighting fucking animal smugglers all the time. 
<laughs> how many how many times can he go through that story? You know, there was a really sad Mark Trail. I remember seeing once where Mark Trail and the kid who pals around with him, who I guess is his son, are in a cavern that's flooding, and it was just like three or four panels, and it was just like, "I'm scared, Dad. I know, I know, it's okay." I'm I'm scared, and he goes, but I'm proud of you, son. And that was the whole thing, and it was like this is the saddest comic strip. There was no like, will Mark Trail escape, or like, but wait, look that hatch up there. There was no like cliffhanger. It was just these characters are going to die now, and they're that's a good son. They're approaching to each other. Yeah, I love that comic. For my money, that's the strangest of the soap opera comics by far. Mark Trail, yeah, Yeah. one of them. I don't know (sighs) when Terry and the Pirates had that character who was living inside of an exoskeleton. That was pretty weird too, but that's an adventure. Anyway. to get back to the and when Brenda Starr had that abortion on camera <laughs> in the comic strip, that was weird. <laughs> to get back to the the happening, I'm sure you think that there's probably an exciting uh, end to this film. You'd Would... be wrong. <laughs> Surely there's not just a Deus ex machina. You'd assume uh... that Mark Wahlberg beats up every plant in America to keep <laughs> us safe, or something like, or like they set the forests on fire, or something like, like that. Like a tree beard style character shows <laughs> yeah, up. Exactly. And... He goes, "If you can defeat me in single combat, I will save the humans." <laughs> it's like uh, like the end of Karate Kid Part Two. With, like, all the humans <laughs> playing little hand drums and exactly. Peter Cetera yeah. song or something. No, it just turns out... Uh, and then uh, Comic Laughlin tells him, you must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. That would be awesome. Fear is the little death within us all. Yep. Spice. When I saw that as a kid, I first saw that pilot in the beginning who's in the giant tank, and he's like a whale man. Yeah. That freaked me out. I was yeah. amazed by that. If you think that this uh, discussion of Dune is anticlimactic... <laughs> Just watch the happening. Where... We're, okay, so the old lady kills herself, and then the wind comes up. Oh, no! Mark Wahlberg, talking through the secret passage we found out about before, tells his wife and their new adopted daughter of their friend who died, they should close all the doors, close all the windows. Ah! And then he goes, no, I'm going to come out and be with you. And he walks out, and then they go, no, we'll be with you. And they walk out, and everything's fine. Lo and behold, it's all over. Oh, thank goodness. And three months later, (laughs) cut to three months later, civilization is fine. And there's a guy on TV saying this was an act of nature and we'll never know. Yeah, another scientist reiterating the idea that, oh, you know what? Science science is basically just a bunch of people not learning about things, (laughs) (laughs) just accepting the unknowability of the world. And uh, and Zoe Deschanel learns that she's pregnant and has a big smile on her face because now she can project all of her own insecurities onto a child and ruin that child's life. But then. We cut to Paris. Oh my God! What's going on in Paris, guys? Paris Hilton? No, Paris, the town, Paris. <laughs> Not Paris, Texas either. Paris, France. <laughs> yeah, it would be more interesting if it was Harry Dean. Sta- if it was exactly. Harry Dean Stanton sitting in a peep show booth talking to, was it Nastasha Kinski? Yeah. And then suddenly plants started killing themselves. You know. Oh my God! Wait, the plants are killing themselves. I that I would love to see Vim Vendors the happening. Vim <laughs> Vendors. That would have been so well. But here's the thing. Wim Wenders, The Happening would have had atmosphere, and it would have had tone. You know, say what you will about his movies, they can be slow, but they have atmosphere, whereas this had nothing. For a movie about an airborne toxin, there's no atmosphere in this movie, yeah. you know. Airborne toxin that makes you kill yourself, you would expect, like, they're like, well, we can't rely on, you know, normal-style fucking, like, fright gags to work. Maybe we should try and focus on, I don't know, getting people to like But the like, But the ending of this movie... Yeah. They, they cut to France, and it's like, oh my god, it's happening again. And it's basically the same ending as uh, 28 Weeks Later, 
when like it's spoiler like, alert yeah spoiler alert for 28 weeks later where the last shot is a bunch of zombies running in front of the Eiffel Tower and when I saw that <laughs> going, was, was going spring break yeah with berets on when I saw that in me I'm like holding huge oh. loaves of bread <laughs> sacre bleu French zombies les zombies <laughs> and in both cases in this movie and in 28 weeks later which is a much better movie than this movie but in yeah. both cases I was like <laughs> you am I supposed to be creeped out by this I'm kind of glad. I'm like, oh, at least the French are getting it too. Wow, that's really <laughs> look, man, ha- hateful towards the French. I'm not saying it's hateful towards the French. I'm saying, man, if it's gonna happen to us, why not the French? <laughs> but it's You're also just like- glad it wasn't like an extremely anti-American movie. Yeah, it was sure. Like, the reason the plants are attacking is because America sucks. Yeah. No blood for oil. Get out of Iraq. Plants. You know what we're talking about. Yeah, I guess we'll kill everybody so that America will stop being imperialist. <laughs> Fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. And then the plants go to a rage concert. And, you know, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Smash some Starbucks windows. They 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 break open a prison cell with Mumia, Abu Jamal, and, <laughs> and The plants just wanted America to free Mumia. <laughs> yeah, if they got, they could have. Why didn't they just arrange dude, a crop circle that said free dudes, Mumia? Dudes, if the government would just listen to the plants. Mm-hmm. Things would be perfect. Well, it's just like that Spinal Tap song. Listen to what the flower people say. Yeah, it's but the uh, shark uh, sandwich. I haven't seen Twenty Eight Weeks Later yet, and now my image is literally of the zombies <laughs> running with their arms up in the air, going yeah. It's only slightly it. less comical than that, actually. Okay, with ba- with big backpacks on their backs. <laughs> we are backpacking through Europe. <laughs> I'm French, but I'm backpacking through France. Uh, Zombie. This this string of dialogue brings to mind the scene in a Deuce Bigelow European <laughs> Gigolo, where the Canadian tourists run over and take shits next to cars and stuff. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Have I told you my my anecdote about Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo? No, you haven't. I, w- I was walking home from work and they had the posters up for it on you know a construction site or something because it was coming out and someone had drawn not like a public library <laughs> or <laughs> not the mayor's office. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had drawn glasses and a mustache on Rob Schneider, and it made the movie look like it might be a sophisticated, like kind of foreign sex farce. Like it was, I was like, huh, that looks like a very brainy movie. Now that he has glasses and a mustache, the poster instantly instantly became like a Woody Allen movie. You know, final judgments. I forgot to do the special Halloween final judgments this time. I'll do last time. I'll do it this time. Was this film totally scarifying? <laughs> was it? Frighteningly funny. I see you sitting at work trying to come up with these. <laughs> <laughs> or was it totally snorifying? <laughs> Stuart? Uh, oh, we do have fun, don't we? <laughs> yeah, this this is going to be this is a surprise. This is going to be a big twist, but I think it was snorifying. Snorifying, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to back it up with anything? You're just no. <laughs> It was like this was this wasn't as like abysmal as Lady in the Water where I'm watching it and I'm like what what's going on? Why am I watching this? But it also uh, was worse than the other ones. So this is probably his second to worst. That's probably the title of his next movie, The Other Ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna actually say that I thought this was frighteningly funny. I, <laughs> you, were, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just scared by how funny I thought this was. <laughs> Look, they're they're fucking theme <laughs> categories. All right. <laughs> I dictated oh. the theme categories. I'm going to stick to them. Oh, Dan McCoy, you're so easy to needle. <laughs> Stu, you and I watched Lady in the Water together. We did. I think pre-Flophouse, we were just like, this will be hilarious. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was it really was just bad. boring and painful. Yeah, it's not a good movie. This movie 
was really I, I thought there was like a lot of it, laughable dialogue. <laughs> That's right on the narf meter that had many more narfs than this one. <laughs> this one had many fewer ladies in water than yeah. that one. Yeah, less Paul Giamatti too, but more goofy I'm sure dialogue. He, I'm sure he's really disappointed. More about people that, running into trees. More people feeding themselves to lions. <laughs> the guy feeding himself to lion looks so disinterested in being eaten by lions. Fun. He was like. Oh, yeah, lion's ripping my arm off. Well, whatever. I get. Oh, okay. Here's another, the another lion ripping my arm off. What are you yeah. going to do? For me, I think this movie is, if, you know, if you're in the market for a recent bad film, I think this is worth checking out you know, once because it's just so weirdly miscalculated. Uh, I got to say, I'm a, a split up here. Uh, part of me thinks it was snorifying. <laughs> uh, snorifying, yeah. It, but uh, there are other parts of it that were frighteningly funny the really poor pieces of writing you know bad act you know what i'm gonna say frighteningly funny i'm gonna go on that one so i'm, nice. I'm i was the li- odd man out huh? yeah. i guess you're gonna have to leave the island but it's been beautiful knowing you which is also that's what i get for all my movie, vitriol <laughs> all the spite that pours out of me yeah so that was great um oh and also now what we talk about is oh, completely overrated completely didn't I already say I wanted to shoot him? No, Jesus. I didn't. I don't know if you should say that, that out loud. Yeah, that seems like a threat. You no, did say that you wanted to punch mean, him. Oh, okay. Is, is that a threat? I don't, I don't actually <laughs> want to threaten him. Well, it's a lower level threat, certainly. <laughs> Unless you were going to shoot him with your fist or punch him with a bullet from a gun. <laughs> Wait, what if, what if I could fire my hands from like my wrist? Oh, like Kane. Yeah. Like Kane from uh, the X-Men comics. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah. I think that's acceptable. Go okay. ahead. So but it's basically just like you have a, a built-in extendo gun. I said something like mean about him before. You had. Okay. But what I want to say is... He's very rude to waiters and other help staff. Like, I, I feel like... Uh, I, in, well, in many ways, I feel, like, bad just that we, we watch this and we're doing a podcast on it because anything that gives him more, like... You know, all the all, all you know all of our listeners, like, we're oh, just... millions of them. Yeah, everybody now, like, now people might actually go out and rent his movies. Like, I, like Certainly it's make, nationwide makes, theatrical release didn't, isn't going to get as many people as this podcast. Like... Ridley Scott makes generally shitty movies. But, he's, a, he's mediocre. Okay, but he has one masterpiece. He's not. He's, he's mediocre. He's not like his masterpiece was Alien. Come Alien. On, man. Okay, I was making sure you weren't going to say Blade Runner. No, come on. Um, Blade Runner's overrated too, though not as overrated as M Night Shyamalan. And but like M Night Shyamalan just makes terrible movies, like abysmal movies. And he shouldn't make movies anymore. Like, I'd rather Uwe Boll make movies until I am long like, dead. At least Uwe, Uwe Boll is a guy who, like, you, is like, feels, it feels like when you're watching a movie by him or you read an interview with him, he comes off as, like, a crazy, funny guy. Yeah. He, like, there's just some sort silly. Of joy in what he's doing. Yeah. Whereas M. Night Shyamalan. Which I would, too. I, if I made nothing but terrible movies, I would, I would be like, I'm going to make the next one even stupid. Yeah. Like, he's a challenge for him now. Whereas M. Night, and he enjoys it. But like M. Night Shyamalan feels like a guy who thinks he's doing you a favor by making this movie and showing it to you. It's like, mm. you are, you are going to love this so much. And I, okay, I'll do it. You know what? Fine. I'll do it. I'll make this movie for you. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. You know what? You can watch it. You know what? Oh, <laughs> you love it. Done. Anyway, give me a million dollars. Now write a book about how great I am, you know, and so forth. Yeah. Didn't see that ending coming, did you? No, because I'm that good. But you do see his name's coming. I, going into it, like, if somebody, you know, obviously somebody had spoiled it for me and was like, it's the, it's the, it's the trees and plants that are killing people. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's retarded, but I'll watch it because that sounds really stupid. 
And I go into it expecting there to be it to be kind of like hidden, like the little bit of subterfuge as yeah. to actually what's going on. But no, it's like the first shot is like a bunch of trees like shooting out toxin into people. Like it's terrible. And it's not like like you could have done it like the way uh like Cloverfield is not a perfect movie, but they do a good job of kind of like portioning out the information about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you know, in terms of them seeing TV broadcasts or catching glimpses of things. But here it's like See some trees, scene, 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 scene. Guy says the plants are doing it, scene, 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 the end. There's no buildup or anything. You don't get drips of information or anything like that. Terrible. I guess what I'm saying is if you want a movie where people are running around and getting scared by things, go see Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. I guess what you're saying is it was less like the happening and more like the nappening. Oh, I thought you were going to say the crappening. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been way better. Please, Elliot. <clears throat> More like the flappening. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> More like the slappening. More if you were if you were drinking liquor or you're watching it. More like the groppening. Right. No, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Uh, right. wait, if you were going to the gynecologist, it would be more like the pappening. Uh, if if it was made uh, with nothing but frogs in the movie, it would be the hoppening. <laughs> nice. Shoppening and so forth. Chaplaining. <laughs> and the so Chopaning. And so forth. It's about a penis. to be called the Chopaning. Ad, ad nauseum. All right. Uh, if, it was, if it starred Ice Cube, it would be the rappening. All right. Come on. <laughs> We've talked very long about this. So let's, let's quickly go into our actual recommendation of horror movies. Clappening. For people uh, who are looking for a horror film this Halloween, Flattening. something that they actually like. Stuart? Yeah. Uh, this is going to be rough. Uh, <laughs> the only movies I've seen recently were Fool's Gold, which was not a horror movie, <laughs> but I think it was every other kind of movie. And I watched this in totally insane uh, French movie directed by Enki Balal, the like comics artist who you might remember from... Uh, like the Nicopol trilogy and various other bullshit that was in Heavy Metal Magazine back in like the 90s. Um, and that was crazy and retarded. Um, and what was the name of that crazy retarded movie? Uh, Immortal. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, how about I recommend uh, The League of Gentlemen? Did I recommend that last time? No, no you didn't. You okay. were talking to me about it on the walk okay. home, I think. Um, League of Gentlemen. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a British comedy show. Part of me wants to recommend it because Little Britain has just come to the States and it gets a lot of credit. But... Uh, League of Gentlemen, uh, they have a couple seasons out. You can probably find it. I think they show it on BBC America every once in a while. But it's great because it's all these guys playing. It's the this comedy group that play all the characters in this weird little town in England. And if you took out the laugh track, it would definitely be a horror movie. Like, it's it's just totally creepy and weird and kind of gross. Yes, so. that's true. It is, it is an off-putting show. Um, well, before I make my recommendation, I want to say... Stuart, I watched one of your previous recommendations, Inside, or as the French say, A La Interieur. Sure. And, and I watched The Signal recently, too, on your recommendation, wow. Dan. Mm. I want to warn uh, listeners that um, if they like really unpleasant experiences, <laughs> Inside is something they should watch once. Much like I would recommend Audition, say, to be watched. Oh, uh, Auditions, come on, that's not that scary. No, it's not that scary, it's but it's unpleasant. This is actually more unpleasant. Unpleasantly boring. This is more unpleasant <laughs> than... Uh, I, I like Mikkei's stuff. But, you know, that's... Um, oh, you know. my God. Audition is 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 harrowing at the end. However, 
inside is harrowing through uh, two thirds right? of the movie at you, least. I almost barfed once when watching it. So I and just you've got a very strong people, stomach, especially with gore. Yeah, I've seen the porn you look at, and it is horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying, right? Yeah, like I can't stop. Uh, <laughs> I like you know I like horror movies, but I like I like a good creature feature. Sure, I like something like uh, American Werewolf from London. A good slasher masher, you know. <laughs> Something with some laughs and some thrills. Sure. Inside, uh, I recommend Fool's Gold to you. <laughs> Sad Fool's and Gold unpleasant. is a movie where you look, you saw, you see the poster in the theater and you're like, that's a poster that was made as a prop for another movie. Like, that's not a real movie. The thing about, the thing about yeah. that movie is it was like. It's like in Burn After Reading with that Derm- Dermot Mulroney film in it. <laughs> oh, coming up. Uh, coming up Daisy. Or coming up Daisy, yeah. The, uh, Would you just get down out of that tree? <laughs> Thing about Fool's Gold is that uh, like they're building off of the uh, like comedy chemistry that's already present from uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, mm-hmm. but not the same characters. Uh, yeah, no, but the same actors. So yeah. you're, they're pretty much the same character. You got uh, you got they prom in the trailers and poster. They promise lots of bikini and uh, shirtless Matthew McConaughey shots. So both like boyfriend and girlfriend are like, hmm, I wouldn't mind watching that one. And then uh, this they is also, something we can mutually masturbate to. And they they, uh, they also throw in uh, like a treasure plot, like plot with treasure and Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Sounds great to me. And sign Ray, me up. And Ray Winstow. Sign me up. That's times value. Two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> how much would you do. pay for this movie? Thirty nine ninety nine. Well, guess what? Right now, you can get it for nineteen ninety nine. All right, guys. What? So what? I missed the inside recommendation. What's no, that? No, the inside was just saying that like it's a it's a genuinely upsetting film. So it's a it's a French movie. You just got to know what you're woman, getting into. But my actual recommendation, it's really good. it's terribly disturbing. My actual recommendation, however, uh, I'm just looking at my own DVD shelf because I did not think this through. <laughs> that before makes two the podcast. of us. I'm going to recommend uh, Slither. Good the, call. The James Gunn film. Uh, oh yeah, from Project Runway. <laughs> yes, yes, the, yes. Tim Gunn's movie <laughs> Slither about an alien um, intelligence uh, who comes down to Earth. Uh, a bunch of worms that in, in uh, inhabit people, turning them into zombies. Like a um, Rooker. Yeah, it's got Nathan Fillion in it from uh, Firefly. Uh, Jenner Fisher, TV's Pam from The Office, has a small role. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, as you say, Michael <laughs> Rooker's in it. Henry, portrait of a serial killer, is uh, Elizabeth Banks, a yeah. uh, popular uh, from comic w. actress. She's in W. <laughs> yeah, she is. She so it's a, Bush, right? it's a good 1980s style horror comedy, and it's got a lot of practical special effects, a lot of gross makeup. It's a lot of fun. Uh, scary stuff, huh? Yeah. I just had one in mind, Freaked and me then out. I lost it for a second. It was um, the peanut butter solution, wasn't it? No. Well, War of the Worlds, Steven Spielberg, recommend that. That was better than this movie. If you want to see something uh, with the same kind of, like an older thing maybe, with like the same kind of mounting terror feel that this was going for but doesn't, then uh, Children, of, then uh, Village of the Damned is good in that way. The first like 10 mm. or 15 minutes of that movie, all the women in this town fall asleep at once. And no one knows why. It's like there's a radius around the town, and if you enter it, you fall asleep. And it takes like 10 or 15 minutes at the beginning, the British military kind of like sending guys over and trying to figure out where this perimeter lies and how they can get past it. And it's actually really good and suspenseful in a way that you wouldn't expect it to be. And then, of course, there's like crazy children with hypnotic eyes and stuff, and it's really good. George Sanders in that movie? Uh, Yeah, I think he's the school teacher, actually. 
yeah. if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, that one's really good. Or, 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 if you've never seen, there's a documentary that they made, or a faux documentary they made in England in the 60s called The War Game, about this is what would happen if England was struck by a nuclear attack during a wider nuclear war. And it takes you, as in documentary style, kind of like step by step, here's how it happened, and here's what the people were like, here's what they did next. And it gets across the idea, again, the idea the happening was going for of like, we don't know what's going on, there's a wider catastrophe, and we're just part of it, and there's nothing we can do about it in a much better way. This is a documentary the BBC commissioned from a director whose name I don't remember, uh, and they considered it too graphic and too frightening to be shown on television, so it was given a theatrical release, and it was either nominated or won Best Documentary Short Subject uh, from the Academy Awards. Really scary, and in a way where it's like, you're worried that that's going to happen when you wake up the next day. And also, you know what? Why not? The Thing. I don't care. Throw it in there. Again. John I, Carpenter's I, The John Thing? John Carpenter's The Thing. Brilliant movie. One of the best horror movies ever made, in my opinion. I and, agree. And, uh, it just does everything so well that this movie fucking is shitty about. The characters are really fun and interesting, and you believe them. It's really suspenseful. You genu- genuinely are worried about them and don't know what's going to happen next. You know, and then then the ending is a is could be seen as an anticlimax, but it's so perfectly done at the end that you know you feel good about it. And I would go so far as to say best Wilford Brimley movie. Oh, by far. Wait a minute. Hard target. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he makes a good point. Sorry, you're going to have to retry Hard target. That. Thank you. So what is that? Four recommendations from me? Yeah. Chew on that. Yeah. Chew on that. New Flophouse record. And yeah. if you want to just see a weird movie, I just finished watching The President's Analyst with James oh, Coburn. Right. That was a crazy movie. Jesus, Jabberjaw. <laughs> so I'm a talking shark <laughs> who were, is, plays in a band. <laughs> Drums. It play plays drums. drums in an underwater band. How does he? How does he hold the drumsticks right with little fins? I think he wraps his fins around. Well, Elliot them. and Stewart hash this out. He doesn't I'd have like thumbs, say, but he talks like Curly. That's good night. Thing. I've I've been Dan McCoy, and I've always been Stuart Wellington, and I will continue to be Elliot Kalen. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about all the recommendations at the end there. I just I needed to get the happening out of my the taste out of my mouth. Why am is a young young Miss magazine? No, I know Young Miss. I don't know what well, they this had, column is. They have this little column where um, you didn't read Young Miss magazine. My young, I never read it. That was a magazine that friends of mine in middle school used to go look it up in the library. Yeah, yeah. And just look at pictures of girls in it. Oh, that's well. We I don't maybe the guys I was with were doing it for that. I was I was reading it with them. Like we'd sit around the table and somebody would read out the. Uh, the say anything section, which would be girls like writing in embarrassing stories, and then they'd rate oh, them on gross right. out yeah. factor. And the uh, my favorite was the one where the girl uh, was at a pharmacy, and there was like a hot guy working there, and uh, she ha- she decided to get some candy uh, that was behind the counter, and uh, she asked for a greasy penis instead of Reese's pieces. Uh, <laughs> that never happened in, well, in the world. Well, it was that was, a, ri- that was written by a forty-five-year-old copywriter editor who works for the magazine. Well, good thing for young sir. Kids. Good, good stuff. <laughs> Tell that to blushing in Bermuda. <laughs> sure. Let's uh, dig into the show. Okay, deep dish flop house.